In this town, there is no off-season. The news never stops, and neither do we. It's always game day in Cleveland with Andy Baskin and Daryl Ryder. It's always game day in Cleveland, as you heard, but it's kind of a sad edition today as we reflect back on the life of Jim Brown, one of the greatest football players of all time and a player that uh, definitely provides passion and pride for Cleveland Browns fans. I'm Andy Baskin. He's Daryl Ryder, as the big voice said. And uh, Daryl, it's been uh, you know a little bit around a week now uh, since Jim passed, uh, just your thoughts. Cause we really haven't had a chance to talk about this here. Yeah. Um, you know, he was 87 years old. Um, but just one of the most dynamic figures I think that I've ever met. Um, he commanded respect when, whether he walked into a room, whether he was riding around the practice fields in Bria in a golf cart, like, I mean, he just the, he just had a presence about him uh, of greatness. And um, just remembering over the years, all the, the Browns players that got to meet Jim, got to speak with him. Um, you know, uh, it's, you know, a lot of today's players don't have – an honest understanding of the history of the game, but they all know Jim Brown. They all know who he is. They all know what he accomplished uh, as, as a player. Uh, he is, uh, as the Haslam said, the reason why there are so many Browns fans, not just here in Cleveland, but nationwide worldwide. When you think of the Cleveland Browns, you know, one of the first names you think of is Jim Brown. So, uh, obviously, uh, you know, thoughts, prayers, condolences uh, to his uh, lovely wife, Monique, uh, and uh, the entire Brown family. Um, but, yeah, he, he is, um, I would say, one of a kind in many, many ways. You know, I was lucky enough over you know, last decade or so uh, to MC the Browns Legends dinner, and Jim was at all those, and I always had a chance to talk to him uh, at all those events. And I just even as a young reporter in Columbus coming up to Cleveland, um, right when the team came back uh, after 1999, um, and you know, I, I I'll be dead honest, I was he's one of the few guys that uh, scared the death out of me when I first met him, and I had to sit down. I remember doing a sit down with him. And, you know, and here I was, there were only two players that I've ever really like sat down with and had the opportunity to to just really do an interview with somebody who I just, in my mind, was a legend, uh, was a uh, person that defined the game at times and and changed the game. And, you know, a Jim to me uh, will be that guy. He'll always be the number one guy. Uh, Although I did have a chance to talk to Wayne Gretzky once, but um, the, the relationship, I think, you know, to the fact that, you know, I, that I think Jim knew who I was, you know what I'm saying? Like, it wasn't just a, Hey, Mr. Brown, how are you? It was hi, Andy, how are you? And whether he was just reading my name tag or credential or not, at least he gave me, uh, that tiny bit of respect to even look at my name tag and say my name when, <laughs> when I had the opportunity to see him, he, uh, was an imposing figure. And I go back and I think about that first interview that I ever did with him. And, and Daryl, you'll 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 understand this one. Like, how many times have you walked into an interview and you knew you were going to do the interview, 
And but you just think you don't want to tell anybody what the questions is are because you want a genuine, honest answer without any really time to think about it. Right. <clears throat> and I remember talking to Jim Brown for the very first time. We had two chairs set up in Berea on the practice field. And I remember saying to him, uh, hi, Mr. Brown. My name is Mr. An uh, my name is Andy Baskin. And he was like and he just looked me straight in the eye and he goes. Andy. What questions are you asking me? And I was like, oh, man, I got to give away all my questions here, right? Because I'm not walking down any weird roads. And I, you know, I remember saying to him, I'm like, you know, they're all football questions. They're all history questions. And I might touch, if we have time, I want to touch on Hollywood. And I kind of made it uh, my – it was an inside joke to me, I think, more than anything. But I always wanted to ask him about Hollywood because of the Dirty Dozen, because of all of the uh, the, the fact that, you know, he retired from football to go be in movies – when no one wanted him to retire. And, you know, I, I still like, I don't know why Art Modell couldn't work with him to say, hey, you know, go do some movies and come back and join us a little bit later in the season. And I, I will always wonder, you know, for a guy that averaged 100 yards per game when he touched on the touched the field, how good he would have been if he would have played more years. Um, and to me, you know, Jim Brown is the epitome of pride in a football team because, you know, it, and I wrote about this this week, and uh, and I have a column in the Jewish News, but um, in the Cleveland Jewish News, that you know, growing up in Northeast Ohio, and especially since '99, we've struggled so much with winning that Jim gave us this sense of pride that when you were in an argument with somebody else, you always had the ace in the hole, and that ace was saying, "Well, we had the greatest running back of all time in Jim Brown." And I like I can remember in college arguing with Steelers fans who would sit there and talk about, you know, the steel curtain and all the Super Bowl rings. And I'm like, yeah, but we had the greatest of all time. And to me, Jim always gave us that sense of pride. And I I just um I, I just think he was really a special person. Um and, and that's not just football. There, I mean, the social issues and all those things that go along with Jim, and I know we'll have time to talk about it throughout this podcast, but um he was a man that made a statement, wasn't scared to make a statement, believed in what he believed in, and his thoughts on racism and civil rights and 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 his ability to want to stand up for what he thought was right um, always made him stand out above and beyond being a football player. Yeah, um, I thought that LeBron James had uh, quite the tribute that he posted uh, on social media and talking about how Jim Brown's example of using his platform to fight for what he believed in, in the realm of, you know, civil rights um, and uh, the underserved communities uh, and the responsibility that comes with being a professional athlete that is a superstar that yes, there's fame and fortune, but there is responsibility to lead as well, uh, to to better your community uh, and make things better. And you know, Jim Brown really helped, you know, pave the way for that. And and let's not forget that Jim Brown still uh, he played in an era where integration was still happening in this country. Um, and, um, not the easiest time to be 
uh, an African-American athlete, right? I mean, he because he was an African-American, he couldn't play for the Washington Redskins franchise because they, they were not going to have a, uh, a, a black player on their team. Um, and uh, I forget the specifics of the quote, but uh, at the time, uh, someone from the Washington Post, you know, very tongue in cheek, but very poignant, you know, mentioned that, you know, by birth, Jim Brown was not able to uh, is not eligible to play for the Washington Redskins yet. Yesterday, he integrated their end zone three diff- on three separate occasions. <laughs> and I, and I, I thought that that was uh, such a poignant statement to make. Right. So, um, I, I his impact uh, through that time, right? Uh, remember the summit that he had here in Cleveland, Ohio, uh, with uh, uh, Luau Cinder, you know, aka Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, uh, and Muhammad Ali, and some of the other prominent uh, African American athletes. Um, in protest of the Vietnam War. Uh, Just another example of him using his notoriety, his platform uh, to express his concern and his point of view. Um, And it takes a lot to do that, you know, when you are in an era where there are people actively fighting against your right to be able to use the same water fountain or go to the same school or sit in the same area or ride the same, pu- you know, the same public bus and things like that. I mean, that un- is an unfortunate part of the American story, but it is part of the American story. And, and Jim Brown was, uh, you know, uh, a, similar to what Jackie Robinson met for major league baseball i kind of feel like jim brown almost meant that in some ways to the you know to the nfl and but yeah it's interesting that you bring that and steve king uh has something on the browns website that my dad had talked to me a lot about when i was a kid because i never once thought of you know in our lifetimes, you know, integration in football was just, I just never want, or baseball, I'll be honest right. with you. Jackie Robinson was playing before I was born. So I never once thought about um, what it would be like, you know, it, going to the Negro League Baseball Hall of Fame in in uh, Kansas City, you know, made me realize uh, of the struggles of the players that were here before my lifetime. And I'm glad that that exists because I, if I wouldn't have known that, then I, you know, I, I've always thought, in my mind, especially growing up uh, in a place like Cleveland Heights, where you know I I was blessed because I never once thought twice about the color of skin of my teammate on my football or basketball team or um, or my hockey teams or any of this. I just never once thought about it because to me nothing was unusual. And when you have the opportunity to go to the Negro League Hall of Fame in Kansas City or think about some of those things, um, uh, it makes you realize the struggles that that some players had as minorities to try to play game. And it's, it's interesting that we keep that history alive so that we know that we never want to turn back. We have plenty more to come on this. I want to talk about the Steve King article here in a second. So let's do that. It's always game day in Cleveland. If you like what you're listening to subscribe to the podcast.